listening to SFP Now. Welcome to another exciting episode of the SFP Now Review Show. And, you know, joining me again is uh, Mark Pyle from, from Genretainment. So, yes, we are crossing the streams once again. <laughs> How you doing, Max? I'm doing good, doing good. Excited yeah. to talk about some more TV. Yeah, well, um, I was thinking, should we start the, way, the same way we started last time with The Last of Us, or should we wait, should we save that one to last? <laughs> <laughs> Tip to say, save it to last, but let's do it first. So. Okay. <laughs> um so um the episode uh sees uh joe and ellie they're still where, where is it like what state we're doing now kansas city kansas city that's the one um and they just been taken by gunpoint by um by, by by this dude and his little boy henry and sam henry and sam the boy is called sam yep henry's the most wanted man in kansas city second only yep. to, to our two main characters joe and ellie yep you know, so we, we meet Henry and Sam. We get a little bit of their backstory about how they got to where they where they are. And um while 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 they're getting to know each other, they're they're being hunted down by the uh you know by by, by the group that basically wants them, you know, wants them uh dead or whatever. I can't remember the name of the, the, the woman that's in charge of that group. Kathleen. Kathleen, yeah. That that's actually a real in charge name, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Kathleen's in charge. That uh, actress is really good. I've seen her do some, some other parts and some other shows. So. Yeah, she takes charge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Henry, we, we probably uh, should say what episode we're talking about because what, this right? is this is episode five: Endure and Survive. Good title. Yeah, <laughs> Endure and Survive. Um, it's quite, you know, it's quite a harrowing episode. I, I found it really harrowing. Um, especially for Annie at the end, I, you know, felt really, you know, the fate of Henry and Sam at the end. You kind of, you kind of knew it was coming. Yeah, you figure the show's kind of got us prepped for this kind of stuff, this kind of yeah. tragedy. Because <laughs> we, we, you know, we had Bill and uh, the other guy a few weeks ago. Uh, they, they, you know, one of them died because he stopped taking his medication. The other one decided to commit suicide because they couldn't live with each other. Whereas now these two get sort of like, well. You know they're kind of they're kind of fucked as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put put it bluntly. Um. But I, I I thought it was really 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 nice episode. I thought you know I quite enjoyed watching uh, Egg's interactions with Sam. Mm-hmm. Um. I also yeah, like the fact that Sam was um uh, was was deaf and having to use um. What's it called now? That sign language? It called ACAG or something like that? Yeah, it's the American Sign Language version. Yep, Big Britain's got their own. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been, you know, that's something that I've been been meaning to look into to learn sign language. Yeah, uh, I've taken it, some classes off and on. It'd be a cool tool to have in my arsenal. <laughs> yep. But <laughs> um, well, um, I, I like the way the way that uh, she she was interacting with Sam, and I like the moment where he's teaching her a bit of ACL. You know, mm-hmm. we had a bonding over that comic. You know, there, yeah. there, was, a lot, there was a lot of really good scenes in it, and I, I like the way that uh, 
you know, I kind of like the way that the, the series is actually showing us, you know, the, these very, very human moments. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, really the, wondrous. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the show's doing a great job doing that. I think the, the best Walking Dead episodes were able to do that. But this show has been able to consistently do it like almost every episode now and makes them feel real. It makes us really get to like them, you know, empathize with the characters. So then when they brutally murder them or something, then we feel really, really bad. <laughs> I, I didn't really, I, I couldn't really get into Walking Dead. I, I just found it was like Downton Abbey, but with zombies. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting if you had a Downton Abbey zombie when like they're in the house and they just like like well, the, yeah. the people down downstairs have to like fight off the zombies and the people upstairs like have parties and stuff. It's pretty, yeah. <laughs> mm. well, you know, that Downton Abbey, you know, is famous for you know, they they go through all this uh, all this melodrama and then in the last five minutes something would happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that was basically the structure of each episode. <laughs> That's why I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Walking Dead dragged, especially over the years. But the show's, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think they're doing a really good job, you know, making new characters feel real. Uh, they do a fantastic job introducing characters, get us to like them, and then kill them. <laughs> and uh, and they also still show us enough of the zombies, um, clickers and and bloaters and other kinds to still give us that occasional, you know, zombie, you know, excitement, fear element um and uh and it's a little different right like these zombies are these are guys are fast way more faster than your typical walking dead zombie and uh and then they have those special ones like the clickers and other ones that have special abilities and stuff that are way more dangerous than than a walking dead zombie walking dead turned into more like really about the people and you know people going to extremes mm-hmm. which which just showed us too this episode especially you know we saw a coup and uh and how ugly that could be with you know i'm sure the people they killed many of them probably were bad people maybe they deserved it but i bet there's a lot of them that didn't necessarily deserve to die and uh or be killed as brutally as they were and uh and you know they made them just as you know it's pretty it was pretty rough but felt real as something you would you know see in in real life, in a way, and you can kind of understand their motivations. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a really good shot. I think what really helps it as well is the fact that I'm, a lot of the uh, drama is centered around just those two characters of of, um, of Annie and Joel. So mm-hmm. we're just we're seeing this world through their eyes and and through and experiencing it through them. And I think that actually makes it a bit more intimate and a bit more sort of like. Um, makes you care a bit more than than say the walking dead where where you've got an ensemble of way way too many freaking characters <laughs> yeah you know i mean I, I would say in a way most of the time rick especially was that kind of character until they got rid of rick uh but uh but yeah it's really about joe and ellie primarily they still make us really like a lot of other characters and get to understand them that come in and out but uh, and this episode also did a great job, you know, really developing that relationship, that friendship slash, you know, kind of pseudo father daughter kind of uh, dynamic going on between those two. Uh, and I think it helped cement that a little bit more than it had before been. So, mm-hmm. well, yeah, if we was gonna if we was gonna give it marks out of ten this episode, what would you give it? Yeah, I, I think I still give it a ten. So I, I think I'm agree. I think I agree with you. It's a song of ten for me um it just uh it kind of it kind of had a bit of everything it had had plenty of action had human drama 
and uh, you know, and it had some really, really sweet moments. Yeah, and also I haven't played the games, but I, I do know that the character Perry, that was like the main henchman gunman of Kathleen, the guy with the beard. Mm-hmm. Um, that actor, I believe, was the voice actor for Joel in the, in the video game. Um, cool. Yeah. And then just to see how good Kathleen, that actress is, she's in Yellow Jackets, which is a really good show. It's a little disturbing. Um, and then also she was really great in Castle Rock, where she plays like a young, like Molly Strand um, kind of psycho character, <laughs> grows to become a psycho character, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she looks like the ty- type of actor that would be good at playing psycho characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> talking of which we had some sad news uh um a, a few weeks ago um i can't remember the name of the actor off the top of my head i'm gonna look it up now um but um she she's been in a lot of stuff she was in 24 she was in um the, the runaways oh the actress from uh yeah. she's in vampire diaries and um yeah she's yeah. Rec- she's recently in something else that i'm yeah, it was Runaways 2019. No, it wasn't. It was Amy, wasn't it? Oh, man. What's she? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about, but I'm terrible for names. Let me see if I, I I'm can. I'm awful for names as well. Oh, it was just Runaways, wasn't it? The show, I think. Yeah, that was a show that ended a little too soon, probably. Fortunately. Yeah. Uh, Annie Wershing name was um, that that was a, um, you know, that that was a bit of sad news. Um, we lost it to cancer. And I've been watching uh, recently in 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 the show The Rookie, which is that Nathan Finian show where he's a rookie cop. Well, he's no longer a rookie cop, but he played a rookie cop, uh-huh. the, the oldest rookie cop, because he was supposed to be in his forties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think Nathanian's uh, kind of uh, more fifties now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But um, it's okay, he's cool. He has a really good role in that, you know. Um, well, had a really good role in that way. She just plays this psycho serial killer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't watch that show much, but I did catch a little bit of that. Mm. Uh, I forgot she was the same character, but yeah, but she she did the voice of Tess in the video game. So, but yeah, she was, she was great. Too young, too young to pass away. It's sad. It's uh, you know, it's uh, ring ring sad. Um, and she also played the ball queen last season. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, she's she, a great job. Quite a lot of genre credits to her name, and it's you know, sad news in her. Um, okay, so 10 out of 10 for uh, The Last of Us. Uh, what should we move on to now? I don't should know. We- did we do Picard and rip the Band-Aid off? Because I know you've not seen it, and I've got to sort of get through it um, in such sure. a way that I don't spoil it for you. Sure. And we just talked about Picard with, with the Borg Queen, with that yeah, actress. So. Kind of a natural transition. Yeah. Right. Well, the first episode, which aired, which um, is out now today on Paramount Plus in the US, uh, gets released to, tomorrow in the UK on Amazon Prime. Um, and as of we, we're recording this, it's now the 16th for the second, but by the time this comes out, it'll probably be sometime next week. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but the, um, the, the, the episode was titled the next generation, which is quite appropriate, really, you know, given that we do, do meet some of the next generation in this episode. And the, the main, main story beat is after receiving a cryptic urgent distress call from Dr. Beverly Crusher. Uh, Admiral Jean-Luc Picard enlists help from generations old and new to embark on one final adventure, a daring mission that will change Starfleet and his old crew forever. And, yep, the, the opening scene uh, is basically of Beverly Crusher. Uh, she's, she's out in space on, 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 in, on a ship uh, that's on the edge of, um, of Federation space. And uh, 
she comes under attack by some insectoid aliens and you know has has a has a brief John McLean diehard moment and um you know, rather injured and panicked, sends a sends a distress call off to Picard, and and that's kind of how the ball gets rolling. And from there, um, obviously Picard makes preparations for you know to go find her and uh, hooks up with some old crew. And that's pretty much the the storyline in a nutshell, without spoiling too much. Mm-hmm. They all die. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, I didn't give out give away any key plot points there that 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 weren't in in the synopsis really. Um, did you but, like it? Um, I liked it. Yeah, it's 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 felt like Star Trek: The Next Generation to me. Mm-hmm. Unlike season two, unlike season two and season one. Um, not that I didn't like season two and one. Um, I quite enjoyed the you know the first two seasons, but this feels more Star Trek uh, by virtue of the fact that it's involving uh, the Next Generation crew more, and mm-hmm. you know we get more of a interactions between picard and Riker and and so forth yeah probably what people were hoping to see in the beginning <laughs> but yeah. i did like i did like season one and two i felt season two dragged on quite a bit uh, yeah it did but you know I, you know season two i like the gary seven thing uh, the reference mm-hmm. to that but i felt they kind of screwed the pooch on it because i really wanted to, i really wanted to find out what happened to gary seven we never yeah. found out yeah. <laughs> Spinoff. Well, yeah, team. they need to do the assignment of spinoff show. That'd be an original show that they could do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, from Star Trek point of view. Um, I mean, how they could do it with Wesley Crusher. I'm sure Will Wheaton wouldn't mind re- redoing his role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he was a star and it was done in a cool way. But yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the episode. Um, in, in terms of um, in terms of marking it. Um, it's a pretty strong start, and I think, to be honest, I'm probably going to mark it, you know, around about 8.6 out of 10 mm-hmm. overall. Uh, 8.62. Well, you know, 8.6295. <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. That's the captain's log for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 8.6, because I, I don't think, you know, it, it needs room to grow, and and I think, um, I think this is sort of like a... It's a great introduction to to the, to the world of, of Picard, uh, uh, of the world that's post Picard season one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt the uh, it was handled really nicely. There was a few nice moments of comedy in it, um, as well as drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the effects uh, for, for for what we, what we're seeing were pretty good as well. So. But the thing dying of was um was was a scene uh, without spoiling it you it's kind of like reminiscent of the scene where Kirk and Spock uh, well Kirk and Scotty are, are in the shuttle in Star Trek in the motion picture and 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 they're inspecting the out exterior of the Enterprise. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a scene in it that's a little bit reminiscent of that, and it's got a nice it's got a nice little bit of musical score to it. Cool. So. It, it felt like it actually felt like a, a Star Trek episode, a Star Trek: The Next Generation episode, um, but done for cinema. So storing I in eight point six, and um, you know, you know, eight point six for the whole thing, really, because I think um, as it develops, it can only really get better, mm-hmm. and I kind of want to give it room to grow. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I'll see it tonight, tonight or tomorrow. So we'll talk about it next time for more detail. Yeah, and hopefully you're not spoiled too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, so. I saw a little bit of uh, Picard, or excuse me, Patrick Stewart, and a number of the other crew: Michael Dorn and Jonathan Franks. And uh, oh my gosh, the actress plays Beverly Crusher. His name, Gates McFadden. Yeah, Gates McFadden. McFadden. Uh, um, they were on uh, the View 
Whoopi Goldberg today. So, so I've seen just heard it just as much. So, <laughs> um, and they actually showed a clip of that that beginning part, and it was great hearing them talk about. They all stay very well connected. They have like a big like text group, and they uh, they also you know they all just keep in touch and stuff. So, which is nice to hear from a, a TV you know a cast. It's not always it's not actually it's probably not normal for for most of them to. So it's great that they, that they uh, became good friends. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always, um, I always got a, got a sense that they were good friends, even when watching the show and watching the films. Yeah, and I don't think the other Star Trek casts are nearly as close. I mean, maybe the ones currently, but in the past, I don't feel like they've all quite stayed quite as bonded as that. Yeah, I mean, that Star Trek Voyager is actually a. Uh... There's actually stories about um, Mulgrew not getting on particularly well with Jerry Ryan and stuff like that. Yeah, she is. She's kind of apologized about that now. But yeah, I mean, she, you know, when they brought seven to nine in, it's like they're bringing in another female character who's in a cat suit mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of like trumps, you know, some of her scenes and lines and stuff. Uh, so I could see why she'd be a little defensive and stuff. But yeah, so it's understandable. Yeah, I think they're all for that now, hope and. I think Jerry Ryan doing great now. She did. I think her character is great on on Picard. So hope she still gets a. I hope she still gets a lot of a lot of scenes in this season, even though the originals are back. Yeah, well, she's um, both her and Raffi are in it. Okay. Um, although you know, it looks like Raffi's got her own storyline, which mm-hmm. I think might intersect with the main storyline at some point. Um, but it's um, you know, from what I've seen, it was enjoyable, and it's it's solid eight point six. Awesome. With with room to grow as 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 the series evolves, I think. Um, but from from what's seen in Traeger, the guy that, that played Moriarty is coming back as well. Yeah, you know, and remember and, the Moriarty episodes? Well, I think he's mm-hmm. back. Yeah, I know. I saw that in the trailers, and and I guess lore perhaps will be back too. Ooh, it's got you know, it's it looks like it's going to be um, action packed and full of Star Trek Next Generation references. So. I just want to know who that crazy woman that's the leader that appears to be the leader in the trailer is. Um, do they address you know t- don't tell me if they say it but do they address that at all in episode one yet um kind of but maybe not okay still kind of a mystery a little bit so yeah. okay um so moving on we'll go on to a, a show that i've been watching which is not really sci-fi but it's kind of fun um i've been watching uh quite a bit of kung fu mm-hmm. and the legend uh, continues oh no you mean the new one no 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 that, that that's 90s <laughs> That, that was actually probably a better show. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I used to watch it. I used to watch Kung Fu Legend Continues late at night on syndication. I, I, I used to enjoy that show. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a bit cheesy, but, <laughs> you know, um, it, was, it was a good show. Um, even though David Carradine's um, uh, martial arts skills were not really that great. Yeah, yeah, he's not. Uh, uh, he, even he's as not, he's no Van Damme. Or well, or or, or uh, Jackie Chan, <laughs> yeah. doing flashy stuff. Yeah, he just saw like, um, and and everything he did was in slow motion. You know, so so I'm actually surprised that he ever hit a target because every time he bought some somebody, he was in slow motion. He was doing Tai Chi speed, so it's slower. Yeah, you know, so like, um, I guess I guess that show didn't go over well on digital. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, kung kung fu the, the modern take on it. It's about a, a young woman called Nikki who. She's on a journey of self-discovery and she goes off to, you know, on, on, on holiday and she becomes a Shaolin monk. 
and in this in this story she her 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 shifu as in her kung fu teacher mm-hmm. um has kind of been possessed by uh, an evil spirit um or an avatar of an evil spirit sort of thing and she's trying to undo all that but at the same time her father has been running for uh the local to, be, to become the mayor i think mm-hmm. of the town and his rival um has been endorsed and, and funded by a corrupt security company which is trying to data mine everyone's information hmm. you know a bit like facebook mm-hmm. yeah um, and basically uh you know nikki finds out about this and tries to expose them in order to sort of like uh, you know give her father a clear shot of her becoming you know becoming mayor without um you know without stuff happening sort of thing but they they beat to it by by leaking footage of her uh her vigilante activities in america you know in san francisco mm-hmm. and uh and and thus by releasing footage of her and saying saying that she's a vigilante and she's not operating within the spirit of um of a shaolin monk as in she's breaking her shaolin vows um you know it kind of incriminates her, her father sort of thing yeah. so basically she's gone after this company and this company's caught her and uh charged of trespassing and um uh, and cyber cy- cyber cyber theft and, and this and that mm-hmm. and uh she's been, been been put in jail um and that's where i'm up to the the new episode came out today but i not had the chance to see it um but um i should imagine it's going to be somewhere along lines of they they somehow free nikki from jail get her out on 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 bail um and i think what well, you know nikki's hands will be tied as in she won't be able to do too much so um all the team will be will be sort of like doing a lot of the legwork to go after and find her former shifu and um try and separate this evil sort of like spirit from her hmm. It's, it's a pretty good show and it goes into the mysticism a bit um but it doesn't go into the mysticism as much as the original kung fu series did um, yeah. it, it ends with it being a cw show it tends to focus a lot more on the familial relationships and and such no they don't do that <laughs> they, do, they, they do but it's all i could but it's fun to watch because it gives you a bit of an insight into a into american chinese culture and, and and stuff like that and um and it's probably the first show on television where you've got um a mainly um sort of like american chinese or or, or american asian cast sort yeah, of thing. awesome yeah i need to watch it you know but i just haven't had a chance to get so much stuff to watch i'm watching the winchesters on cw but it's about I'm not sure how much else I'm watching CW right now. Mm-hmm. We'll have to talk about the Winchesters at some point. We should. We should do that next time. I forgot about that. Okay. Uh, so we'll move on to a sci-fi show now very quickly. Let's uh, do it. The Ark. What are your impressions? Um, I'm liking it more with the, the second episode. Um, just because I feel like we're getting to know the characters a little bit more and their interactions a little bit more. In the first episode, I felt like the opening was a little cheesy. I don't want to say cheesy, but the visual effects didn't seem quite the par to like some stuff out right now on TV and or on streaming. Um, so that it, it wasn't a great way to start. <laughs> and then like the two geeks have glasses, of course, they're the only ones with glasses. Um, but I do like those characters and they're growing on me and, and uh, a lot of the characters are, and I like the growing mystery and stuff aspect of it. So I'm, you know, I'm optimistic about it. I'm just going to, I'm going to keep watching it. 
Mm. I'm kind of the same, but I'm kind of a bit, you know, a bit like you. I'm a little bit fed up of uh, of shows that, you know, show too much of a dark side of humanity. Mm. I kind of want something that's a little bit lighter um, sort of thing. What's uh, funny is the, the the cinematography lighting on it is so bright in some ways, but it, which does not simulate the you know like how dark these storylines are. <laughs> it could be, it could be darker, but it's darker than say Stargate, right? Uh, it is, um, yeah. And maybe not as dark, maybe not darker than Stargate Universe. I don't know, but I, I try not to think of that show. <laughs> I don't, don't think anything could quite get as dark as Stargate Universe. Unless you watch the uh, remake of Battlestar Galactica. No, yeah, you'd have to get really edgy with it. Uh, mm. But uh, uh, but it's so bright, like it's lit, kind of like Stargate or maybe Star Trek Generation was. But yet it's it's got some pretty dark stuff going on. Like there's a murderer, you know, who's the murderer? I don't know. And you know, there's people getting killed off, and they're in pretty, they're pretty bad shape, really. I don't know how. Rem- what they're remember, next. It's a sci-fi show, so it's just, so the question should be, who or what is a murderer? <laughs> True. It didn't, it couldn't, you know, maybe they have an alien on board. They don't know about. Who knows? It's a whole new universe. We have no idea how weird it could get. <laughs> I, I'm kind of with you on the characters. I think the characterizations are pretty strong. Um, and I agree with you on the effects, but I think it was the effects were also shoddy in episode two. Yeah, they could have been better. Too. They, they, they just need a little more money. Super frustrating because the show Another Life, which I like, you know, a lot of people involved in that show, had great production value, but I thought the writing was very, there was, there was some there's major weak points in that show. And I just feel like, could we have a little bit of that money going towards ARC? Because <laughs> I think it just needs a, like a, it needs a budget raise. Another Life, was that the one with Kate Sackoff leading it? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. wanted to like that show. I just, I just, I don't know. There's just so many weird things they did in that show. The writing was really, really poor um, from what, what I believe. I never actually seen it myself, but Reisa did review the first season for, for the site, and um, she wasn't particularly complimentary about it. No, they've canceled some way better shows on Netflix, and they renewed that one for a second season, I think. Mm-hmm. I, think that, I think it happened, and... Uh, yeah, it's sad because there's so many great actors on that show, a lot of good stuff, but it, it just the writing. It, well, what it was is so when you when you write characters, there's this one concept called GMC, goal motivation conflict. Uh, and I'm blanking on the person who who named that. But there's a book called that that they wrote. Um, and I feel like in script writing, especially a lot of times, they focus a lot on the goals and then the conflict that creates that when you know when they're trying to reach those goals. But they sometimes forget about the motivations because you have to have a strong enough motivation to want to do whatever you got to go through. Um, it's got to be believable. And, you know, I think anytime you, so anytime you see a show where they're like, why did they do that? And it never can make sense of it. You know, that's the writer forgetting about that motivation part. And I felt like that another life did that over and over again. Like some of the choices the characters would make are just like, why would you do? Well, why would you make? The, you're just making like the hardest choice possible just to add drama. Is really what you're doing. <laughs> and uh, and that's that's one of the things that really bugged me on that show. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, if we used to mark the first two episodes of the arc out of ten, what would we give it? I'd still I'd give it you know I give it eight point five three seven. Eight point five seven. Yes, I'm just going to be really simple and give it eight point eight point six. <laughs> <laughs> you round up. That works. Uh, I'll round you up. Um, I, the, only, I, the only reason not marking it higher than that is because the effects being so poor kind of pull you out of it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I think so. I think the the visual effects are more what we're used to right now on television on sci-fi TV. 
I think it probably would be higher because it does pull me out of a little bit. And I, I do have to commend like the actors. Some of the actors really don't like they didn't. I mean, some of them are pretty and stuff like CW, but most of them are like they just look like people and the, and they do a great job acting. It's, they're not just, you know, they're not in skin tight suits, cat suits like Seven to Nine or T'Pol and they're not all just pretty underwear models like CW people can cast. Not to say those people can act. I'm just saying they at least they at least try to get different kinds of actors that we haven't seen as much. And I actually don't know a lot of those actors. So so it's great to see yeah. some new talent. We still got a bit of a problem in that, in the fact that we don't really have any actors that are over the age of 50 in it now. Yeah, we don't. Well, I mean, you're going on an arc. Probably the most experienced people were those commanders that died. So that's probably in story wise, that would be why some of those people are younger. But they're yeah. not all teenagers. It'd been could have been all teenagers <laughs> the only stasis unit that survived were the 18 or under <laughs> you know or, or, you know so like um it's all 20 somethings and maybe 30 somethings um you know well, there we go um that's ageism in hollywood folks <laughs> yeah unfortunately yeah um so um Mars, we've got about a minute and 25 seconds left <laughs> plenty of time Let's talk about Poker Face real quick. In America, Poker Face is uh, is a mystery show that is on uh, is on Peacock. It's awesome. Made by created by Ryan Johnson. I hope that's how you pronounce his first name because R I A N. He is the guy who did Knives. Uh, he's also the guy that wrecked Star Wars. Well, you know, he's great on mysteries though. Glass Onion, uh, Knives Out. He did those movies, and he helped create this show. Natasha Leon, I think, is how you pronounce her last name. She's from Russian Doll. She started in that and helped create that. She's the star of this show, and she's the person that can just can always tell when someone's lying. Um, and no matter what, she always can call bullshit on it. And so a lot of the mysteries that happen is because she sees someone's lying and tries to figure out why and, it, and how it connects. And she has to, and she's traveling on the road because she's on the run. And that's, you find out why in the first episode and, uh, and it's great. So it's like a ticking time, ticking clock aspect in some of the episodes and, and they always like start off with the murder and then come back and show you where she was at during it and then continue on as she does the mystery part. She's got, it's got a little, she's a little Columbo-ish sometimes how she acts, but she's not a cop uh, at all. So, so there's this whole aspect of like trying to figure out why someone's lying, who the murderer is, and then like how to find justice if, if possible. So a lot of complications that each story is told really clever, you know, way that's definitely not straightforward and they have some really great guest stars coming in. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's sort of like a throwback in a way to a classic mystery, like, like Columbo or murder she wrote and stuff, but then, you know, newish and, and done in a more experimental way. Mm -hmm. So is it, is it more of a crime anthology show where it's a different mystery each week? It's a different mystery each week, but Charlie's the investigator each week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I might give that a look because I, I really, I really used to enjoy Columbo. Uh, oh yeah, if you if you like Columbo, especially, I think you would like it. So. I, you know, but then again, Columbo, I can't see anyone else playing Columbo other than Peter Falk because he, he made that role so much his own. Well, I mean, she's not Columbo, but you can you'll see where she's got she channels a little bit of that, like you know, oh, one more thing, you know, kind of deal, and uh, just to how she handles some of the investigations and stuff because she's not a cop, she's not trained to be a cop, um, so she's got kind of this low, like a uh, rocker chick kind of vibe to her. I don't I don't even know how exactly to describe it, but <laughs> she's a very interesting character. So it's a great one to check out for sure. I know that he is. What did he? Did he do Star Wars? What was it that he did? Was it Unfortunately, Star Wars? He, did, he did Star Wars: The Last Jedi, which um, 
you know yeah, that wasn't great but... he's good he's the greatest movie since empire strike back or the worst movie since you know <laughs> Jedi. um I, i'm in the latter camp it featured the longest space chase in history which had absolutely <laughs> no freaking logic to it whatsoever well, I, you know, no, that wasn't the greatest Star Wars movie in the world. But when it comes to mysteries with Glass Onion, Knives Out, now Poker Face, I feel like he's he's definitely super strong in that area. And he should definitely lean into that more. Mm. And avoid wrecking science fiction franchises. <laughs> well, to be fair, Disney did it doesn't all. appear there's any guidance on how this trilogy is going to work, which is ridiculous. Like, you got to know what you're setting up for the next director or what the first director was trying to do to pick it up. Right. So that's, I feel like that's why that trilogy was a complete mess is because there's a lot of good stuff in that trilogy and there's some really good characters and stuff, but I feel like it fell apart because there was no, you know, guidance. No, there was no like long view vision of how to run this trilogy, which is not how you should run trilogy. So. There was no through line, you know, like you say, I mean, with, with Star Wars, you had a new hope Empire Strikes Back Return Jedi. Uh, first one obviously introduced us to the world and the characters, and and it was basically a simple fairy tale story in a sense, uh, as in they had to rescue princess from a very very bad man, mm-hmm. sort of thing. The second one kind of upped the ante a little bit um, by by further exploring the characters, and and the third one sort of like wrapped it up and introduced um, some cute little teddy bears for the sake of merchandising money. <laughs> Well, it's like an equivalent of what happened here. If they had treated it the same way back then, would have been like, you know, Darth Vader going, Luke, I'm your father. And the next step, uh, movie, they're like, Luke, I was just kidding. I'm not really your father. <laughs> like, I'm your uncle. I'm, I'm your uncle. uncle. Yes. I'm your uncle. Uncle Going is your father. I'm your uncle. <laughs> I'm actually your clone and stuff. <laughs> But because they they took what Ryan was working with, whether they liked it or not, where he was going, and then they just totally decided to change it and do it totally different, and so it it killed the whole you know vision. At least that he was trying to do, you know, thrown into the middle of it. So I will give him that. Uh, at least not uh, hit him with all the blame, and uh, maybe you just do Star Wars mysteries. I would watch that. So <laughs> a a a droid Columbo droid. <laughs> One more thing. <laughs> Solve mysteries across the the galaxy. Actually, that that that'd be the perfect role for Phoebe Waller Bridge um, as that and as that robot character that was Nando's Nando's um, sidekick in Solo Star Wars story. <laughs> See that? There, there you go. Come on, somebody make that. <laughs> that that that'd be that that'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So Poker Face. If you like mystery shows, TV series. Is, like like uh you know general you know Columbo, murder shiro monk psych those kind of shows then you definitely should check this out so there's mm-hmm. some there's some i've never seen a mystery well in general that uh non-chronological way they tell the story and and he even with each episode they even twist even more in some other other unexpected ways so i've never quite seen a mystery quite that twisty from how it shows us the story and uh, and then there's the added complication. She's not a cop or a consultant to the police. So, you know, how, even if you figure out who the murderer is, then what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think Jessica Fnatchel was even a consultant to the police in Murder, Sherelle. But she was best friends with Sheriff, right? So she was yeah, always well, a friend with a law enforcement person. So Yeah, helped. but that was in her own town. When she was out of her own town, she had to uh, kind of smooth. <laughs> <laughs> but she was able to... Uh, 
Well, the thing is, they don't, in that Murder, She Wrote, she could be like, oh, uh, obviously it was done. And then she gives this ties together stuff that makes sense, but it's pretty far out there to prove. But we accepted that back in, you know, whenever that was, the 80s. Um, nowadays, so in this show, it's like she tries to come up with a theory and give that to a cop. It doesn't usually go over very well. So it makes it a little harder, a little trickier for her to find justice. Yeah, it also so. makes it more fun to watch. Yeah, it does. So it's definitely uh, it's a definitely a challenging way or unique way of taking on a mystery show that I think is pretty cool. So I haven't liked very many of the Peacock original shows, but this one, this one I'm, I'm really enjoying a lot. Mm. Well, the, you know, I, I'm kind of enjoying the reboot of Quantum Leap, but nowhere near as much as I enjoyed the original run mm. of Quantum Leap. Um, it's it, it's it's a good show on its own own merits, um, and it does nod its hat hat to the to, to the original uh, in 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 many ways in 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 a pretty pretty fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it's Quantum Leap; it's continuation in a sense, and it's um, it's all right. Um, but it's not but it's not the original Quantum Leap. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you can never do it original, right? So, so it's um, gonna be different. Well, you knew if you got the actor back, you'd be like, well, he's got gray hair and, and a belly now. <laughs> I don't, maybe he doesn't have a belly. <laughs> but he's going to be older and it's going to be a little different. It's going to be different writers writing a show. So yeah, he's going to be slower as well. He's not going to be able to hit a baseball as hard. Or... <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> um, he'd probably put his shoulder out due to arthritis, you know, hitting the baseball. <laughs> yep. you know? And, and he's probably, his, his line of old boy is probably going to change to, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Although he should be as young as he is in whatever body he's in. So just the actor himself is going to be struggling. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, um, you know, what Quantum Leap's uh, Peacock show is one thing. Um, yeah. Well, it's, it's you know, that network. But yeah, it also plays on Peacock. But we don't get it on Peacock over here in the UK. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, not yet. Um, we might we might get a um, poker face. I'll have to give it a look because sort of like... Uh, I've not really looked at the uh, Peacock since they messed up um, August Huxley's, um, oh, the, the, the August Huxley thing they did uh, a couple of years back. I'm sorry, the what thing? August Huxley, the sci-fi novel, I think, um, not Strange New World. Um, what they did do, is that them? They, they, did, World? they did an adaptation of the um, of, of the August Huxley novel. Is that Strange New World? Because somebody made that. I can't remember if that was Peacock or not. I'm looking up now. Actually, I think I watched that. Is that Peacock? Brave New World. Brave New World, yes. Brave New World by Aldous Sutsky. Um, and it had the, the the guy that played Han Solo in it from, from Solo, a Star Wars story. And, oh, yeah. you know, I was really disappointed in that. Um, I just felt it was just so like, there was just too much gratuitous um, sets of nudity in it, to be honest. And <laughs> um, moved it away a little bit from the whole point in the story. I mean, obviously... In the book, it is is sort of hedonistic, and and everyone's doped up and blinded to what's going on by 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 the by the drug soma uh-huh. sort of thing. But um, I, I don't think it needed quite as much gratuitous nudity and sex as I had in the in the series. No. I think they were trying for an HBO kind of yeah. vibe. Yeah. Well, they have another show. On P- I do know Peacock um, is uh, Girl in the Woods. I'm hopefully I'm remembering the title correctly. Um, and I wanted to like that show, and it, and it has some good moments and stuff, but it just didn't quite. Again, I, and actually, to be fair, I think it was budget. Like I feel like a lot of times where I was like, Ugh, it was because of budget things that happened, where it didn't look it looked a little cheap. 
and uh but that was a show that that was uh, what that show's about is is it's um these teenagers uh meet this girl who's from this cult that's in the woods um who believe who guard this door that's to some kind of other dimension or something where monsters are in and she was supposed to guard it and something went wrong and she's on the run and the monsters got loose and um and then you know she kind of the teenagers kind of help her and you know it's on and on so and she's kind of martial art training type person she has this like prosthetic arm kind of thing with a with a go with this uh blade that comes out of it so you can kill fight monsters with it and she has a little bit of sort of magic kind of ability sort of kind of um and so there's a lot of cool stuff there and it got really creepy like the second half of it too um but it just didn't quite quite work so I don't yeah. think they're. I don't think they renewed it. I don't know if they ever canceled either. I just think it just, just nobody's really saying about it. Talking about um, sci-fi shows with um, iffy effects, um, have you seen Le Bray? I don't think so. Well, basically, the setup is the you know the, the tar pits in in Los Angeles. Oh yes, yes, La Brea, and, yeah, and, and the fall through it, and you know they they end up in ten million years BC. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've seen the first first like half of season one, I think. I've I've, I've seen both season one and two. Uh, you know, I kind of disregard the bad effects. <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm, it's it's sort of like it's sort of like watching Lost on the cheap, <laughs> but with dinosaurs and. And, and things and um dinosaurs it, expensive you know it's jurassic world's expensive show movie <laughs> it's it's something it's something i kind of watch that i'm not expecting too much from if you know what i mean a guilty pleasure a guilty pleasure sort of thing mm-hmm. um i mean i i know that it's a bad show and logically a lot of the stuff in it don't make sense and the uh and and, and the cgi is a bit iffy here and there sort of thing but I just can't. I just can't help watching it. So like, it's like watching a car crash. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this show's been renewed for season three, but it's rumored to be the last season, if I remember correctly. Hearing, so. yeah, it, it kind of you know the end of season two kind of looked like they'll they they'll sort of working towards resolving the storyline anyway. Yeah, um, but at so, least they kind of have an idea they're gonna wrap it up and then so they don't get it just stopped. I hate when shows that have shows, good or bad. <laughs> That that's kind of one of my guilty pleasures is is La Brea. That's fine. That's good. Mm-hmm. I, I I need to catch up on it. I feel very similar to how how you feel watching it. So well, I kind of binge watched the entire se- second season over Christmas because oh, it's wow. on Paramount Plus here in the UK. Oh yeah, cool. Um, yeah, they, they they show it on Paramount Plus, and this is this is something this is something crazy that you're not going to believe. Um, do you know you guys in the states on Paramount Plus there? You you have Discovery, you have um, you know all and and all those things. Yeah, hey, and uh, Picard. Mm-hmm. Well, over here, the UK version of Paramount Plus doesn't have Picard or Lower Deaths. Hmm. Um, and I think basically what happened is when they when they started making those two shows, they they did they gave they did, did the licensing rights away and gave them to Amazon to oh, show yeah. them. Two shows for first for the initial first run. Um, so I've got a feeling that the there won't be on the UK version of the uh, Paramount Plus until the deal with Am- Amazon comes to a close. Mm-hmm. But it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> happens a lot. Like right now, HBO Max took a bunch of their stuff off after that merger or after Discovery bought them, and uh, but they're moving it to like they negotiate deals with like Tubi and oh, some Roku, I believe. 
mm -hmm. they're going to air episodes on that. Like, for example, uh, The Nevers yep. will be, uh, yeah, the second half. I can't remember if it's supposed to be second half of season one or just considered season two. It's um, second season one. Uh, yeah. but, you know, might as well be season two. <laughs> <laughs> May as well call and, um, and and that'll be the end of that. Because, um, yeah, that'll be on 2B, and it's sad that'll be in, but at least it can wrap up, so that's good. So I like the Nevers. I thought it was actually a pretty promising show. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I love Nevers, so it shows great. I hate that the whole thing going on, Joss Whedon kind of overshadowed it and distracted mm -hmm. people from it, because it's it's a lot of good shows. Okay. Oh, that's uh, that's probably a really nice uh, nice way to wrap things up for yeah. this week for this for this episode. Uh, so it's been nice hooking up with you again, Max, and uh, talking sci-fi. So you know, um, we'll do it again in a couple of weeks' time. Sounds good. <laughs> but now we're going to hit the final frontier. I'm going to hit the final frontier known as sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's about half past midnight here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have a bit of a time difference, so. It's an international podcast episode. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll be right after you again soon. All right.